0: Welcome to 90% Mental. I'm your host, Grant Parr, and thank you for joining us for our 41st episode. As a mental performance coach, I get the honor to work with athletes and teams to enhance their mental game and unlock their full potential. You know, and the drive in creating 90% Mental is basically to bring awareness around mental performance within sport by interviewing athletes and coaches so they can talk about their perspectives and stories with regards to the mental game. But for the most part, there's so much to talk about within the world of sports when it comes to mindset. So today I have an awesome show today for you. I have Drew Bledsoe, former NFL quarterback and owner of Double Back Winery, to talk about his mindset as a professional quarterback and how this mindset helped him as an entrepreneur after football. Within this interview, he shares how he dealt with adversity and how he focused on the right things, and the importance of mental reps. And what was cool about being an entrepreneur, he talked about why it's crucial to have a mentor when starting out a new business. So within this interview, we're gonna talk a lot about football, and a lot about business. But the cool thing that I wanna share about Drew's character, and how cool he is overall, is that we actually recorded this episode a few weeks prior, and we dealt with some technology issues, and he was so kind to, to invite me to his home in Bend, Oregon, to re-record the episode in his backyard. How cool is that, right? Super cool dude, really laid back, and just learned a lot about how he thinks as an athlete and also as an entrepreneur. So I can't wait for you to listen to Drew's mindset and how he went forward as an athlete at the NFL level. But also, I want you to learn how he dealt with life after football and, and just the passion that he has as an entrepreneur within the wine industry. So without further ado, let's go talk to Drew. Hey
1: Drew, how are you? Doing really well, man. Thanks for making the trip up here to Bend, Oregon. Come uh, hang out in the sunshine
0: with me. You bet, man. This is this is quite the office right here.
1: It's not bad, man. We love living in Bend, Oregon. Uh, sun sunny all the time. Uh, just don't tell anybody about it. We don't want anybody else moving here. <laughs>
0: I just want to thank you for for having me here and and just it's been a treat talking to you and, and having this conversation just because you know being a quarterback all the years that I that I competed and just having this opportunity just chopping up with another quarterback is awesome and also I get to you know have the chance to talk about your mindset as a football player and then how your your experience as a football player has led you to where you are right now as far as being an entrepreneur so I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for coming up. It's fun. It's always a great topic. I mean, I, I learned so much playing football that that, uh, that has uh, gone on and uh, and helped me in business and helped me in life. And it's uh, it's always fun to talk about.
0: All right. Well, I always love starting this show off with with my my famous question here. What does mentally tough mean to you? Mentally tough
1: to me means that you embrace adversity almost to the point where you look forward to adverse situations and anticipate. Uh, how you're going to react to adverse situations? I just, as a football player, I always look, always look forward to the to the tough times. You know, we always, I mean, everybody likes to win by 40, uh, but that's not what you lay in bed thinking about at night when you're a kid. You think about coming back from behind in you know, the last two minutes of a football game. Uh, you think about getting up after an injury and, and, and playing through uh, playing through adversity. And those are the things that you ultimately you're proud of at the end.
0: And Was there a moment within your career that you can identify that that moment where you were mentally tough, or moments? Throughout your career?
1: You know, there are a lot of them. I think, you know, if you're going to look at the defining characteristics of playing quarterback, you know, being mentally tough and staying confident through adversity is probably at the very top of the list. Um, you know, started back when I was a, a sophomore in high school, um, had to, I came in and played. We had a senior quarterback ahead of me, but I came in halfway through the season got knocked around ended up bruising my liver but had to get up and and, uh, go guide a two-minute drive you know and I got to when I got to college again it was a crazy situation where I had two upperclassmen uh, ahead of me uh, but partway through my freshman year you know became the starter there and all of a sudden we had a divided team where there were you know a third of the guys were in the the older guy Brad Gossin's camp a third of the guys were in Aaron Garcia's camp who was two years ahead of me and then there was a chunk of guys that were were on my team and so I had the the, uh, the adversity of trying to pull the team together uh, in a divided situation uh, and still maintain a high level of play even though I was 18 years old you know and then in, in the league there were a lot of times you know you know probably culminating that you know my ninth year in New England when uh, I just signed a big contract and uh, I was looking forward to finishing my career in New England and all of a sudden I got hurt and this Brady kid came in and team started playing really well and uh, it was really really a tough situation for me after being there for Eight years and change, and being the being the guy, and uh, and then, you know, all of a sudden uh, this other guy's playing, uh, but I still had to to focus and be ready to play, and, and ultimately Tommy sprained his ankle. Uh, it was nice of him to sprain his ankle for me in the AFC Championship game, uh, and I had to come in and put all that aside and come in and play well.
0: When you think about the the moment where where Tommy came in, and even when you went to Buffalo and you went to Dallas, right? you were the man, and then for whatever reason, certain circumstances, you weren't the man. How do, from an adversity standpoint, how did you deal with that adversity?
1: Well, for me, it, it, you know, I, you can only control what you can control. And for me, that meant playing at as high a level as I could all the time and uh, preparing as well as I could all the time. You know, different coaches made different decisions, and I certainly didn't, uh, didn't agree with them. But, uh, you know, that's, that's out of my control. Uh, all I can control is what I do and then how I react to it. And I've always, always made sure that I was a good teammate, was supportive of, uh, uh, of the team while I was there, and, uh, and focused on, on just the part that I could handle. And then uh, the other parts, um, you know, if they want to make a different decision, that's their call.
0: How would you describe your play and your mindset as a quarterback?
1: My play and my mindset as a quarterback, you know, I think I, I, uh, over time I was always really young when I first started at each level. You know, I was a sophomore in high school and then I was a true freshman in, in college and then I was 21 years old when I became the starter in, in, in New England. And when you're the young guy, the first thing you have to do is, is work harder than everybody else. You know, you gotta, uh, you got to be the hardest working guy, you got to show up earlier, you got to stay later, you got to do the extra work. Um, so that you uh, the older guys uh, re- respect your work ethic first and foremost so i was a, you know i was always a leader by um, by action first and then as i got older in each situation then i could then i could speak up a little bit more but in terms of playing the game you know on the field uh, i always you know felt like i was a smart player first and foremost you know i had some uh, some natural gifts I could throw the ball pretty hard at good size and throw it pretty accurately but playing quarterback the the you're on the field making plays you got to be able to read anticipate and and uh you know intelligently be accurate on a uh, on a very high percentage basis if you're going to be successful
0: when you look at uh, your your motivation within the game what was what motivated you?
1: You know, um, my motivation was always to just see how good I could be. You know, I, there, there are other guys that, uh, that, that get motivated by rubbing the other guys' face in the mud, um, or there are guys that are motivated by because you know, they have a chip on their shoulder. You know, you look at a guy like Brady who was drafted in the sixth round and still knows all the names of the guys drafted ahead of him. You know, you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers who was uh, really lightly recruited, if recruited at all, out of, out, of, uh, out of high school and had to go to a JUCO. You know, those guys, you know, wear that chip on their shoulder. I was never motivated that way. I just was always motivated to see how well I could play and, and, and how high uh, I could take my game.
0: Well, when you look at motivation now, like with our current quarterbacks, um, you know, you I've talked about this before, but, you know, some of the motivation you're seeing from Josh Rosen and Deshaun Watson, when they're coming into the league, their motivation is to break Tom Brady's Super Bowl record, right? And so when you got drafted in 93, what, what was your mindset going into the league?
1: Well, you know, like I say, you know, that you can only control what you can control. You know, you can be the, the 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 best quarterback that's ever played the game, and if you're in a situation where you don't have the right guys around you, you know, winning just no matter how well you play. Uh, you know, I mean, for example, I mean, Aaron Rodgers to me is probably playing the game as well as it's ever been played, but uh, you know, he's just sitting there with just the one ring, right? I mean, he just has the one Super Bowl, right? Uh, and I don't. And Dan Marino is, you know. One of my top two favorite quarterbacks to watch growing up um, has zero rings, and you know, find me a guy that played the game at a higher level than Dan Marino, and so for those guys to come in and say, okay, well, we're gonna, i gonna win more Super Bowls than, than Tom Brady. Well, that requires that you got to be in a similar situation to Tom. Uh, you got to be in a great organization with great people around you, great coaching. Uh, great personnel, you know all of those things uh, in order to do that. So it's a little bit foolhardy for them to to come in and and say that they're going to go win you know five Super Bowls or six Super Bowls or whatever it is because it's really out of your control. What they need to be thinking about is how well they can play the game and how well they can lead their teams.
0: Absolutely, and and learning that playbook, right? <laughs> and and tell me about that. Uh, how hard is it to, to learn an NFL playbook? You know, le- learning an offense in the NFL, it's
1: more about learning a language than anything else. You know, there really aren't that many original concepts. The NFL is very much a copycat league, um, but, you know, all the way down to uh, college and and, uh, and high school now, there really are not very many, you know, brand new concepts. There aren't really that many chances to innovate because you're, you're constrained by the rules of the game. Uh, but if you learn the language, then, then you can be really flexible. You can make changes in game by just communicating that football language.
0: Got it. Well, composure, when I, you know, grown up watching you, mm-hmm. whether if you were on the field, on the sideline, you were always cool. You always kept, I'm sure there's times where you've got excited and emotional, but for the most part, like you were just very even keel. How did you, where did that composure come from?
1: Well, I don't know. I've always been a, a calm person. You know, I like think I get that from my mom, <laughs> you know, my, uh, my dad and, uh, and I think my brother are, are not necessarily that way, but I just was always pretty calm. Then I also, um, the, the part of it that I that I did try to control was you know okay well how am I going to benefit my team does it benefit my team if I if I get super emotional and I'm and I'm on the highs and lows and honestly where there were times uh looking back that I probably should have been more emotional and, and gotten after some guys a little bit more than I did You know, I should have gotten in more fights with Keyshawn on the sidelines because that motivated him you know I should have you know should have gotten after uh you know, uh, Vincent Brisby a little bit more than I did because some some guys are really motivated, you know, know, by somebody jumping their ass and, and, uh, you know, so in retrospect, if I could go back and change things, you know, that's one thing I would do is I, I may have, like, created situations where
0: I did get more emotional and just jump somebody's ass. Now, being the quarterback, you have to be a leader and you have to manage everybody, manage the team, practice on the field, in competition. How do you deal with these personalities I'm sure that you have came across a few of them, but how do you do? You get involved in managing it, or do you just stay away from it?
1: No, I, I was definitely involved in it. Um, and and uh, the first thing that I tried to do was was get to know guys. I mean, you know, when I was in, in New England, at one point we had, you know, my left tackle Bruce Armstrong was from Miami and and grew up in a really rough environment with bullets flying around. I had uh, a right tackle Max Lane who was from Norburn, Missouri a town so small that when we played the Chiefs, they canceled church. <laughs> um, you know, I had, uh, you know, Todd Rucci from Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. He's a Philly kid. You know, we had a kid from California. We had, and so you got – and that's just our offensive line. And so as a quarterback, you're trying to get everybody going the same direction at the same time and focused on a common goal. Uh, and you can't do that unless you at least get to know them a little bit and understand what they're motivated by and, and, and you know, where their head is at. Certain guys, and most guys, you know, particularly coming from the, the guy on your team, you know, need a pat on the ass and just an, an ask, like, hey man, I need this from you. And some guys, some guys you had to get after them a little bit and tried to know which guys, uh, which guys, uh, I had to poke which button, you know, poke with which, with which button, whether they need a <laughs> hug or a, or a kick in the, in the tail.
0: When you think about the mental game preparation and also mental game within, within the game, how, how did you prepare and how did you go into these games? Were you, were you nervous? Were you calm? You're excited. How did you deal with the the mental preparation?
1: Well, in the week leading up to the game, you know, I just tried to get as many mental reps as I could. Now you get certain, you get a certain number of practice reps, uh, every week. Uh, but if that's all you, if that's all you do, you're not going to be prepared going into the game. So I would, I'd watch film. I would try to, try to envision, you know, plays that we'd run out of certain formations against certain looks and, and anticipate how i was going to react to that so during the week it was all about trying to get as many mental reps as i could outside of practice going into games i was always you know extremely calm i was excited but but i would actually come in a lot of times after after warm-ups i would come in and we'd have you know 15 minutes in the locker room before we went back out and took the field and there a lot of times i'd just sit down in my locker and would uh I don't know. I, I suppose it would be meditation, but I would basically fall asleep. You know, just sitting in front of my locker, close my eyes, and just try to clear my brain so that, uh, so that then when I got to the field, I could just react.
0: And how much, uh, as far as visualization, did you focus a lot on that during during practice or before the game?
1: Constantly, I was constantly visualizing different situations in games and games, and how we were going to respond. What kind of what kind of adjustments I could make? Where where I would throw the ball against certain looks? And, and uh and how we would do things so yeah no it was constant visualization all the time
0: when you think about flow and zone which is you know besides winning a championship those are the most beautiful thing you can experience as as an athlete i know you have a lot of years that you played in football but when you think about your career was there any stories or any time where you were really just locked and loaded in just in your zone
1: i got there you know quite a few times actually and and really what it came down to for me was was trust you know it was trust in my own ability it was trust in the guys around me so that you know i knew what was going to happen before it happened you know knew where knew where a guy was going to be see a certain defensive look and you just you just know where the ball is going and uh and you can anticipate and you trust your guys and so that you know that you can do it you know and we played uh we played against the uh the minnesota vikings in 1994 Came out in the second half, and went two-minute offense the whole second half, and just threw the ball all over the yard. Man, it was so much fun. But part of the reason I was able to get there was we, you know, we threw the ball 70 times, and I didn't get sacked. You know, so my guys around me were playing great. And you know, when you uh, when you get there, when you have the the ultimate trust in your teammates, and therefore in yourself, you know, you can get into that that space where, where everything uh, everything happens, and and you really. It, it, people say it slows down. Which I think that's a result. Uh, the the sen- sensation of the game slowing down is because you can anticipate things before they happen because you you, you know what's you know what's coming. You know your guys are going to be in the right spot and and you know what you can do.
0: When you think about the attributes of a quarterback, being mentally tough, being gritty, resilient, confident, presence. What do you think is the most important attribute to have?
1: Well, it's got to be a combination of all of those things in, in order to, to ultimately be successful. You know, you've know, you got to have great confidence in yourself, and you have to be able to sometimes portray confidence even when you're not feeling it. And so that's that's hugely important because if your team's going to play well, well around you, they've got to know that, that you have confidence that, that, that you're going to get your piece done. You've got to be mentally tough. You've got to be physically tough. Uh, you've got to be able to play in pain. You've got to be able to play in adverse weather. Um, and then you've got to be able to, in, in, uh, in crazy situations, be able to settle yourself down so you can think clearly in spite of the fact that there's you know bombs going off all around you.
0: Hundred percent, I know that. <laughs> so got to ask this question: you you played for Parcells and Belichick. How how was that as a quarterback, and how different of coaches are they?
1: You know, it's interesting. I you know, played for, for three coaches in New England that'll that'll all be you know hall of famers and uh, you know, Parcells, Belichick, and, and Pete Carroll and you know stylistically they're very different parcells was all noise he loved being in front of the media that was his favorite thing was to get in front of the cameras and berate the media guys that just he was a big personality from that standpoint and he really loved that part of it pete uh, was just fun to be around you know he was he he just was very obvious that pete loved going to work every day um, and he was enthusiastic and positive so sort of the opposite of parcells and then belichick was it was just pure business i mean it was it's almost like you're playing for a guy that's just a computer. You know, it's just like, hey, you do this, you do this, you do this. If you don't do that, then we'll find somebody else to replace you and, and, and go on. So, uh, but you know, the the style was very different, very different between the three guys, but the substance was very similar. You know, they demanded discipline, execution, toughness, competitiveness. They, they, they really demanded all of the same things. They just approached it stylistically very differently.
0: Yeah, I forgot about Pete. I forgot. Yeah, I gotta love his, uh, his energy. Oh, absolutely. So, you look, you reflect back at your career, what do you, what do you think you learned the most about, about yourself?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, um, when I look back at it, you know, I, I think that um, probably the thing that I'm most proud of was that I was able to, to, to always go forward and I was always able to, in spite of whatever situation, you know, came at me, I was able to go forward and, and try to improve every single week. And every single game, and you know that, and that really has transcended now in, into uh, into business. You know, you always go forward. You know, the, you look back at what you did previously, you learn from that. Uh, but when you look back at what you did, you don't spend a lot of time thinking about, oh man, I wish this or I wish that or we should have or, or whatever. You learn from it, and then you always go forward, and you try to uh, you try to take whatever situation you have and and turn it into a positive outcome.
0: So now you are knee-deep in being an entrepreneur, right? And what what do you think from what you've learned and gained from being a football player, how has that helped you with life after football and with uh, Double Back Winery?
1: You know, it's so interesting, man. As I've gotten into business, I find literally almost every day that I rely on lessons and values that came out of football. You know, first of all, you know, you've got to have a great team around you. we have got an amazing team at the winery that uh, that really executes got to plan and plan and plan and you know the biggest difference between the wine business and football is that um, a lot of times you don't know the result of a decision you've made for up to a decade where in football you knew instantly uh, whether you made a good decision or a bad decision but you're always planning and then trying to execute uh, you got to be able to adapt and persevere uh, when things come at you and one thing i've discovered in business is that Uh, adversity almost never comes uh, by itself (laughs) and it's like the uh, when there's adversity coming at you it's almost always like a team effort it's not just one thing it's three things that hit you at once and you've got to be able to adapt and overcome one thing that I'm really proud of in our business is that every time we've had uh, some adversity forced on us we have embraced that as a chance to get better as a business and so far we're batting a thousand at that Uh, every time we've had something negative or adverse come at us, we've come out the other side of it in a better situation than we were before.
0: So what motivated you to get in the wine business? And then how did you come up with the name Double Back?
1: You know, the motivation to get into the wine business was really, I'll say th- there were three reasons. One was was fear. You know, the, the, the statistics on retiring athletes are really scary. You know, it's like 70% of, of athletes, once they retire, are in financial distress, marital distress, substance abuse. You know, all these these statistics are are, are super scary, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to fail at, at, at my uh, my next phase in life. And so I, I I knew I needed something to do, something to apply uh, myself to, something that, that that got me out of bed and kept my brain working. Uh, the second was a passion for wine. Man, I just really like wine. Uh, the double back name comes from the fact that I grew up in Walla Walla, and then doubled back and came back home to my hometown to make wine. But we just, you know, my wife and I really like wine, and, and it's a super intriguing uh, business. You know, you're a farmer first, then you're a, uh, a winemaker, and you're, then you're into marketing and distribution and fulfillment and experiences and you know, all of these things that you have to do with with the business. So it's, you know, for, for example, I know a lot more about accounting than I ever thought I would ever learn in my life. I never took an accounting class in, in college, but uh, but now, I, man, I'm knee-deep in, 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 in accounting and understanding where our dollars go and how they flow. And all of that. And then the uh the 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 last piece, honestly, was just a desire to prove that I could be successful at something else. You know, I had a successful football career, you know, really enjoyed that, but I really didn't want to finish that up and just go into commentary and go talk about what I used to do. You know, I wanted to go take on a brand new challenge and see if I could be successful in an entirely different field.
0: Well what's really interesting is, you know, a lot of people know you as Drew Bledsoe, at the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And now people are gonna start knowing you as winemaker, winery owner. When you were just talking about, you didn't wanna talk about something you've already done. When we started talking about Double Back, you literally, you, you, your face lit up, you smiled. So I can tell that this is like, this is a genuine passion for you.
1: You know, it really is. And it's, uh, it's fun, man. And I'm damn proud of what we've been able to do. You know, we, uh, we started from scratch and truly from dirt, you know, to, a, to what is now a successful business. And it's changing and evolving, and, and I get to guide the, the, the evolution of our business. It's, you know, it's really grown beyond what we intended to get to and when we started. And now with the plans that we have going forward, it's going to continue to change and grow and, and, and you know, probably the thing that I enjoy the most about being in, in, in the wine business is how much it changes and how much I have to continue to learn all the time. And every time I, I learn something, all it does is uncover a whole new area that I have to go educate myself about. And so that, that, uh, that kind of lifetime of learning since I've, uh, well, really starting in football where I learned a lot all the way through that. And then from there, you know, to continue to educate myself and have new things to learn about all the time has been really fun.
0: How different is it running a winery versus running an offense? It's more similar than
1: people would imagine Um, it really is you know it's um, um, you know it's leadership first and foremost motivating your team giving them clear direction so that people know what they need to be doing and then holding them accountable to that they've done that you know it also involves making sure that you put people in in positions to succeed you know in football if you put me at uh, offensive guard man I would have fought my ass off but we would not have been very good. Um, and in, in running a business, it's very, it's very similar. You know, there there are people that are great at sales, and so I want to put them in a position where all they do is sell. Uh, and they're on the, they're on the phone and they're talking with customers and they interact with people. Uh, there are people that are great at operations, but not necessarily as good in, in, the, in the front of the house. So you make sure that they're that they're able to focus on on just being operationally excellent. And then you have a few rare people, which we have a couple in, in our in our team on our team that can wear multiple hats that are, you know, they're the, uh, the Bo Jacksons or Deion Sanders of the, uh, where they can do multiple things and and be excellent at multiple things. But those people are extremely rare. Uh, when you find them, you got to take care of them, make sure you keep them for a long time.
0: All right, a couple more questions here before we wrap up. Now that you are an entrepreneur, now you have, you know, you're running this operation. What are some of the things that are keeping you up at night? There are a couple of things
1: that uh, that that big picture keep me up at night. One is, you know, we've been really blessed since we started our business. We sold our first bottle of wine in 2010. Uh, so really, since we've been in the business of selling wine, the economy has been growing and expanding. So we've been in a very good economy. One of the things, though, that we worry that I worry about is, uh, you know, if the economy turns down, which it will at some point, uh, one of the easiest things for somebody to eliminate is expensive wine. Now, in a recession, people actually drink more, they just drink less expensive. We've, we've put together some plans for how we're gonna react You know, if, if and when that, that that happens and how we can adapt to that kind of a situation. The other thing that that, uh, that uh, keeps me up at, at night that, that continually occupies my mind is how fast do we wanna grow? You know, there's a tendency to just immediately grow into your demand and to grow as fast and furious as you can. Uh, but if you do that, you can lose some of the art and some of, therefore, some of the enjoyment to what you're doing, and so, trying to manage our growth where we can still maintain extreme quality, uh, we can still maintain the art and passion behind it, but also continue to grow the value of our business.
0: It's like you're constantly reading the defense, right? <laughs> Always,
1: and <they> keep evolving.
0: <laughs> so, one more question here before we wrap up. Like you were talking about how there's a lot of different dynamics with athletes that are trained, they transition out of sport. And some of them have a rough road at it, some of them don't. If there was a young player that was ready to retire and they were seeking advice from you, what would you say to them as far as having a very gracefully, you know, exiting gracefully from, from their sport and transitioning into life?
1: You know, the first thing that I would, uh, that I would tell them is, is to, to find, uh, find something that you're, that you're passionate about that's, that's, that's new. Now, you know, for some guys, that is, you know, going into commentary or, or, or coaching. And if you're passionate about that and want to do that, then by all means, embrace that. But if you want to go in a new direction, the biggest advice that I would give to people is to go find mentors. Go find people in the arena you want to go, uh, go into and get in their hip pocket and ask them questions. As, for as long as they'll talk, you keep asking questions. And the, the amazing thing is uh, that people will tell you. You know, you go ask, particularly if you you know you come out and you're, you're an athlete, people like that association. If you go sit down and start asking these guys questions about uh, what they're doing and why they're doing it, in almost every case that I've come across, they're happy to give you the answers to the test. Um, so for me, in, in our business, I've got a, an advisory board that I meet with on a monthly basis that we sit and share ideas and talk. Any big decision that comes down the pike in our, in our business I've got a group of really smart guys that have been there, done that, that can advise me, and 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 so I've been able to to make some really good decisions in our business uh, simply because I have a great group of mentors that have, that have taught me how to do it.
0: So how can my listeners uh, buy your wine?
1: Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate the setup. You're, you're hired. <laughs> you're, you're, you're hired. All right. Uh, now, uh, people want to find us. Uh, go to uh, doubleback.com. Or bledsoefamilywinery.com. We actually have two separate wineries now. Either one of those websites, and we can uh, we can send you wine. Uh, on the family winery side, we have got a wine club where we're doing new, new and innovative and interesting stuff all the time. Double back is just double back, man. That's just the, the best friggin' wine we can make uh, every single year. Uh, the other thing people can do: come see us in Walla Walla, man. It's a, it's a really cool place to be right now. It's just a Little small little Norman Rockwell painting of a town that that has 150 wineries and a bunch of great restaurants it's a really cool place to be right now so come see us in Walla Walla too
0: well I want to thank you for uh, for inviting me to your home and and having this moment you know it's never thought that you know one of the QB's I've looked up when I was playing uh, the game of football that I would have a chance to not only interview but be at your home and in your backyard and looking at the mountains here it's just a it's a treat and I really appreciate it. and I'm honored. Thank you for sharing your mindset and your stories and, and sharing what you're doing right now. I wish you all the luck.
1: Well, thanks a lot, Grant. I appreciate you making the effort to come see me. I know we had a little uh, technical snafu with our first interview, but it worked out good, man. We got to get you up here to, uh, to beautiful Bend, Oregon and uh, sit outside in the sunshine and talk rather than just talking on the phone. So yeah, thanks for making the trip, man. It's my pleasure to be a part of your podcast.